Welcome back to the Family Movie Night Podcast, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. This is episode 55, and it is officially the most wonderful time of the year. And we are talking about Christmas movies here on the Family Movie Night Podcast, and we are excited. This whole podcast began with Christmas movies and we're just back at the beginning. Like every Christmas, you feel like a kid again. We feel like a kid again with these Christmas movies. And I'm here talking to the biggest kid of them all, the hero of our podcast, Donnie Dorsey. How you doing this morning? Yippee ki yay. That was the least kid thing you could say. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like that's very like Toy Story or Woody. Oh, oh I, ooh, I misread that situation. <laughs> Same. I also misread that situation. I, I, yes. Mm-hmm. I Family thought, friendly. Good. I thought you were referencing another Christmas movie, but you well, are yeah. not. Well, I was, but. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. We don't need to go more into it. I think we're all right. Very was, good. The Christmas movie that all of you should know is a Christmas movie. That's Die right. Hard. That's right. The, uh, the, 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 the second greatest next to That's Lethal right. Weapon. <laughs> All right, and of course, talking to the villain of our podcast, uh, Gary Busey himself from Lethal Weapon, wishes he could be Alan Rickman, but can't be. Sawyer Hewlett, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about Christmas movies. I love Christmas movies. Um, this is going to be fun. And um, yeah, uh, Lethal Weapon's good. Die Hard is legendary, okay? That's the difference, okay? All right. All right. We don't need to get into this on here. These are family movie podcasts. Neither of those movies qualify. So, uh, very good. I will say this. I have actually heard recently, like from two or three different listeners of this podcast. So I know if, if you are a listener of this podcast, please continue to tell us that was very, uh, it's very nice to know that we're not just recording this for uh, the the metaverse or wherever this is going at this point. So very good. I know uh, people love Christmas movies, so I'm ready. We're to talk recording about- for kids to make fun of in 20. We're going to show. We're going to yeah. show. <laughs> this is this is just going to be what I show to my kids when they're like getting married and everything, and I go, "Hey guys, look what I did." They're like, yeah. "Oh gosh, Dad, no." <laughs> Well, that voice that you heard that uh, that 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 just popped on that was Heidi Cooper playing the mom of our podcast. Uh, which in this uh, this episode, uh, you're kind of not present. Um, mom is off the table for uh, unaccompanied minors. So yeah, I mean, moms need holidays too, right? That's right. Stuck with who was that? Terry Gar? Was that Terry? She stuck with like, in, Cal- in California Christmas with yeah, all that, the decorations. That did not feel all like the a hot vacation. chocolate. No. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, those are all oblique references to the fact that we are talking today uh, about uh, a Christmas movie that I think many people have not seen. I'll admit I had not seen it until last year. Uh, this is 2006's Unaccompanied Minors. Uh, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, Donnie Dorsey, why don't you tell them what we do on this podcast? Well, on this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories and start conversations that matter. Goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that will help you build stronger relationships. 
Yeah, and uh, movie nights are great opportunities to do that because movies are not just an uh, an easy way to share laughter and joy together, you know, fear and sadness in a safe environment, but they also give us a chance to talk about what matters most to us in ways that are meaningful and memorable with our children. And on this podcast, we want to not only recommend some movies that you could watch on your monthly movie night, but give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you could have with your children during or after the movie. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add anything else to your to-do list to feel like you are going to not do and then feel guilty about as a parent. We just want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together and have conversations that matter. So throughout our conversations together today, we want to remember to just have fun and help you think through simple and easy ways to talk about your love of Jesus with your kids. And we think we have a great movie to help you talk about that. Uh, As I already said, we're talking about 2006's Unaccompanied Minors. And this is a movie. Let me just pull uh, the the hosts here. Had you guys seen this movie before? No. Never heard of it. No, I I think that is a no from everybody. I also had never seen it until uh, last year when my kids – my kids love Christmas movies – uh, because of this podcast, we start watching Christmas movies in November, uh, and we so we are constantly running out of new Christmas movies to watch. Yeah. I came across this movie, uh, and I was shocked one at how good it was in yeah. comparison to its thirty percent Rotten Tomato score. Uh, and the, have you seen? And the cast of it is actually a lot of uh, bigger names now. Like, if you look at oh, the yeah. cast list, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, and that's, of course, well, 16 years ago. So, that's yeah, that's expected. right. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie that got mostly overlooked, uh, mostly forgotten, especially by someone like me. I was 16 when this movie came out. So, I remember it coming out, but I very much remember being like, oh, that's probably stupid. And I want to see it. And I moved on. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about what Unaccompanied Minors is. Uh, this is a movie that when a Christmas Eve blizzard shuts down the airport, Five stranded youths or unaccompanied minors, kids traveling without their parents, uh, they take the opportunity to run wild and have some fun, racing with golf carts, sliding down baggage chutes. The kids create holiday pandemonium for an uptight airport official played by Lewis Black and his gullible assistant played by Wilder, Wilmer Valderrama. Uh, of that 70s show fame so i'll say this i think to donnie's point yeah there are there are a few people here um that kind of stand out as like uh tyler james williams i think is the first one who uh yeah uh has been in uh several several uh really good comedies the one i always think of is he was in dear white people the movie not the show uh, and he's hilarious in that uh, yeah, he was he was in Everybody Hates Chris. The, uh, that's what uh, I always think yeah. about. Yeah. 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 And this is contemporary to that. So I think yeah. he got this movie because of that show. Um, but then there's a bunch of people in this movie like Wilmer Valderrama and Lewis Black that are so 2006 uh, that it's impossible to imagine them being in anything new. Yeah. They have uh, Rob Corddry and Jessica Walter. Like those are yep. some big, very big names. Yes, those, 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 uh, both of them kind of start out. And I will say, this is running right at the time. This is directed for people who are interested in such things. This is directed by Paul Fee, uh, who kind of became famous just after this for directing Bridesmaids, 
uh, the Ghostbusters reboot. Uh, he did a really good kind of, uh, once again, adult comedy called Spy, which is just a really fun, like, action comedy movie. Um, and so he kind of became very famous for all those kind of movies. He was always famous to me as not only uh, uh, in, involved with, but the, one of the writers and actors of the movie Heavyweights. Uh, he's one of the camp counselors in Heavyweights with the Ben Stiller classic. So, uh, anyway. also, also, he directed some of the best episodes of The Office. Um, right. I meant of, to say, kind yeah. of leading up to Unaccompanied Minors, he had directed some of the best episodes of the show up to that point. Well, he was very famous as a TV director, having done Freaks and Geeks and uh, yeah. fairly uh, other things. He does the TV show The Office, which is why Mindy Kaling and BJ Novak do some uh, pretty great guest appearances in this. Yeah. Uh, movie so let's just talk about it then uh how does this movie hit this is the first time you guys have watched it uh one i think we all would agree i mean this is a pg movie this is pretty much an all ages movie i don't think there's anything objectionable in it i think everyone's kind of on board with it probably like high school's not as interested but i've told you this again and again teenagers are weird they probably they probably would be totally into this movie so let's just talk about it uh sawyer let's start with the villain your cold dead heart uh, did this movie work for you? Yeah, I I liked this movie quite a bit, actually. I'm so I didn't know that it only had 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's kind of mind-blowing to me. Um, I think I I have I have theories on why, but go ahead with your I have theories on why I'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean uh, I mean look, it's it's not like the best acted movie or anything like that, but like it's a Christmas comedy. Like you have to ask yourself what you want. And I I thought this movie was really funny. I thought it was charming. The uh the cast of characters reminded me kind of of the breakfast club, um, you know, and it, it, they were all really charming. Um, what's his name? Let me pull up the IMDb page real quick. Um, I just had it. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, like Tyler James Williams, I think is like, he, he seems like the main character for lack of a better term, but, or at least he was the one that I connected with the most. Um, well, I think he here's what I'll say. I think he is the standout. I don't think he's the main yeah. character. I think the um oh, I'm trying to remember what his name is, the kid's name. Um Spencer. Spencer to me, yeah, yeah kind of reads more as the main character, the one to follow. But certainly Tyler James Williams is the funniest part to me of all the kids. He is really yeah. that scene where he's singing in the uh in the whatever what is the, it's like a sharper image or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That whole yeah, sharper image electronic store, yeah. That, well, sharper that image movie. by itself just says 2006. Yeah, <laughs> see, and that's my thing with this movie is it's so 2006 in every way that I just I loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, this movie's like a relic. Like well, I'm, I'm, I'm vibing. With I this. wonder if very similar to like Home Alone is for me, whereas like I kind of remember being that age around the time of like the early 90s you had to have been right around the age of these characters in 2006. Yeah. I, I think I took my first solo airplane trip, like maybe two years after this came out is the okay. thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was vibing with them with this movie a lot. Lewis black. Also, I've never been as much of a Lewis black fan as I was in this movie. He was just, he was excellent. I love. Well, he's literally he he's literally every parent who has to babysit someone else's kids while yeah. you have your own kids. Exactly. Like, oh, it was. I, I I enjoyed this movie. There's just no getting around it. I really enjoyed this. I wouldn't be shocked if this is one. Like I'm going home over Christmas break. 
I would not be shocked if this is one that I have. I'm like, guys, we should watch this movie with my whole family. Like this, this is a fun one. I was surprised. I, so here's my theory on why critics don't like it. And I've read a couple like brief reviews to try and just see what were critics thinking at the time. My guess is why it's the, the biggest thing is they love the cast. They think the cast is great, but cu- consistently over and over again is this is just a rehash of funnier, better movies, which I think is the lamest complaint. And I hear this all the time. Not everyone has as deep of a knowledge as a critic, a film critic does a film history. So like when you start your review with in 1950, Billy Wilder directed the apartment and you're like, okay, well no one else has watched. Like I've watched the apartment, but like (laughs) no one else is watching the apartment. Like no, no 10 year old who's watching unaccompanied minors is like, Oh, this is a little gauche. I think that Billy Wilder did it. This is really derivative, man. Come on. (laughs) So I think it's not a very good criticism. So uh, anyway, very, uh, very good, Sawyer. Let's go to the mom of our podcast. You watch this with your kids? I did. And I think one of the fun parts, so you guys were talking about characters for a little bit. And one of the fun parts is um, we were, as we were watching it, we were talking about different people in our family that might be like might um resemble the characters you know and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that was fun yeah and so it's like our extended family and so a lot of times you you know you're around those people at christmas or whatever you know and so it was it was fun to be able to say like oh yeah his personality reminds me of you know my nephew um when the guy when the um little boy i can't remember his name but he said tech store and he's like so excited i was like because i have one nephew who's like the most responsible a grown adult any child could ever be so that was definitely him and so we were like laughing like oh yeah he would be the one who's like trying to get everybody to he would be doing the poll in the in the unaccompanied minors room and he's trying to figure out um, you know, how to get everybody to behave, get everybody to work, either work yes. together or, you know, all that. Yeah. So we are, um, enjoying like the diversity of the characters yeah. so that we could kind of like pinpoint our own little family in it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was I, just a fun thing we did. My kids also really liked this movie and they had forgotten it when I was like, Oh, we're going to watch this movie tonight. They had forgotten what it was. And then the moment that they walk into that like holding room for the unaccompanied minors, the kids go, Oh, this movie, we love this movie. Like the moment that they saw that, because I will say this movie, I don't, I, I will say Which, I'm not gonna be just, to, just to show you the differences. My kids were like, Oh God, please do not ever let us end up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, mm, there's a little, that's a little much. Yeah, no, I will say too, and I think this is a good part. And this we're probably not going to talk about in themes, but this movie, a little bit like yesterday, does a good thing for you as a parent where it does show kids like why you can't just go no holds barred, no consequences, no rules. Because my kids were like, oh, yeah, they shouldn't be doing that. That's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny that you say that because I actually told my daughter when we were about to start the movie, I was like, it's kind of going to be like how you know, trying to explain it to her because, you know, she's six, almost seven. So I was trying to gauge her interest in watching it with me. And, um, and yeah, when I told her that she was, I was like, it has that vibe, you know, where like kids are deciding for themselves. And she was like, 
Oh yeah, I definitely want to watch it. But I was glad that it again reinforced the idea that maybe it's not so great uh, just doing your own thing. Yeah. So Donnie, why don't you talk about this a little bit? Uh, did this movie work for you? Do you think parents and kids are going to have a good time watching unaccompanied minors? I think it works because I, I think it like uh, kind of what y'all already said is that I think it reinforces the fact that kids having the run of the land does not does not work out in yeah. their interests, but it does have a lot of comedic moments like uh, the kids that the people that they chose to play these characters, like their comedic chops are pretty, pretty well developed at that age because yeah. I, I laughed a lot more than I expected to. So I definitely would say uh, it's definitely a good family movie to watch. Yeah, I think this movie uh, really works for families. I think in a similar vibe, probably, I mean, the go-to movie at Christmas, in fact, we're trying to determine like when we're going to watch it because it's such an event for my family, is Home Alone. Like Home Alone is still, I mean, that movie is 32 years old and still, I mean, it just, it just, it hits. Every oh, beat so, of that. We talked about that. As like our, was that the very first movie we talked about on the podcast? I'm I think pretty sure. Yeah, and so that movie still really works. This movie probably not the same quality as Home Alone, but with similar hijinks. This movie yeah. is all about like hijinks, kids being like nuts and having the run of stuff. My kids love that kind of stuff. Antics, kids being nuts, and this movie I think works. And I think for parents, the, there's enough sweet elements to it that I think parents are really kind of won over. We haven't really talked about that, but towards the end of the movie, there's some really sweet moments that yes. feel Christmassy and, and very warm. So I think we're all relatable to, sorry, to hear all the different kids, like what their stories are. It's like yeah. relatable, you know, like when the mom was saying bye to the kids or whatever, I was like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And honestly, and that's what I want to talk about. I think we're all suggesting this movie, especially if you got younger kids. I think anyone probably 13 and under is really going to love this movie. And as your weird 15 year old might like it, too. So um, we're what, but what I think that we're all talking about, we haven't really said this is this movie kind of has heavy subject matter, but is really light. Like this yeah. movie is about especially if you're a parent, one imagining uh, and some some parents often have to do this, but for me to imagine my kid being unaccompanied on Christmas Eve, going either to visit grandma or going to visit, uh, you know, because um, uh, of a divorce situation, they're going to visit, which a lot of these kids are in. A lot of these kids are coming from bad family situations or complicated at the bare minimum family situations. And there could be a way that this movie is like heavy. This movie yeah. is like, wow, families are tough, but this movie is really liked. And I think it allows us to kind of talk about this. And even if your family is not in that kind of a situation, it allows your kids to kind of understand, hey, not all families are the same. And sometimes you're interacting with kids at school or you're interacting with kids at church and you don't know what their family situation is. And you're seeing a certain behavior and you're whatever, rejecting that kid or you're, you're kind of turning away from that kid, but you don't know all that's going on in their life. And I think that's beneficial. But the number one thing I think that we want to talk about from this movie is this idea of how do you, as a child, so talking to your child, how do we as parents help our children understand how do you handle situations that aren't perfect? Situations that don't go the way you want them to go. Situations that are a little messy. And honestly, this goes beyond Christmas, right? 
maybe Christmas is messy. Uh, and I think Christmas kind of highlights all the mess because Christmas feels like the one time that like everything's supposed to be simple and easy and the family just comes together and the lights are on the Christmas tree and everybody just comes and they forget all their problems. But if you've ever had a Christmas, you know that's not the way it goes. <laughs> that you bring into Christmas all the problems you had before and that you're going to have after Christmas. And Christmas can become very messy and can become not picture perfect. And sometimes for kids, and I'll say for adults, it highlights all of the problems because you thought it was supposed to be simple. And so we think this movie, whether you talk about Christmas or not, is to be able to talk to our kids of how do you handle situations when they're not the way you want it to be. Like all the kids in this movie are in situations they don't want to be in. But it's how they choose to handle a bad situation that could determine how it goes. So let's just start here. Donnie, why don't you, why don't you kick us off? How does this movie really highlight that idea of you're in a situation you don't want to be in? How can you handle it well? Or sometimes, because we see the kids also handle it poorly. So yeah. they handle it both ways. So uh, get us started. I think like when you're like, especially if you watch, um, and I think uh, the main kid's name is Spencer. Is that right? Yes. So like, I think watching that dynamic of like once, um, once he arrives at this airport and all these things start to happen, I think it's, it's very indicative of how we kind of like, they see the world and how we see the world is that sometimes things don't go as expected, but we have to figure out what to do, but it can be chaotic in the beginning because we're like thrust into it a little bit. Like, cause like, you know, he's like, okay, I'm going and you know, I have this freedom to go like and be on this plane myself, no parents to help to be a part of it. And then he gets thrown in with a bunch of other kids and then they're out of control. And he's like, this is not what I expected. And I think for us as like parents, that's generally how the world is for us when we're trying to teach them things is that we like to give them a very structured environment that's safe and safe to be in and to interact with. But often that's not how it is. You know, when you send your kids out in the, the first days of school or sending them out to on their first overnight sleepover or whatever it is, there's that l lack of control. And it's reminding them this like, eh, when you go here, it may not be the same as what, what you've seen. Because in our house, maybe our relationships are very strong and like mom and dad get along. But maybe at their house, you may get there and the parents don't get along at all. They don't talk or they, there's a lot of, you know, dissension in the house and like teaching them how to handle that. Like, because just because you see it every day doesn't mean it's going to be the same everywhere you go kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and I think even when you take that into account, like this idea of the world's not perfect, families aren't perfect, people aren't perfect, at the same time, situations aren't perfect. And I think for what often ends up happening as parents, I think as your kids get out of the four and five stage, they start to kind of deal with it three, four. But once they start getting into the six, seven, eight, all the way really into the teenage years, um, they become very well aware. I had a plan of how I thought this thing was going to go. I had an idea of how I thought you would behave and how you would act. You're not doing that. And that for a lot of our kids 
creates multiple emotions. Some of our kids become very frustrated and angry. Some of them become very bitter at the people who aren't acting the way they want them to act. Some some of them become very anxious and turn in on themselves and go, well, I'm just not going to interact with anything, right? Some become very sad. They become very emotional. And sometimes as a parent, and we've talked about this a lot of times on this podcast, a lot of times as a parent, our thought is, I need to step in and fix this. Yep. I need to step in and I need to step in and regulate their emotions for them. I need to step in and be like, hey, don't be sad. Hey, don't be this. Hey, don't be that. But what's really helpful in these situations is to allow them, once again, as Donnie's already said, in a safe and structured environment, you don't need to have them navigating like road safety in the middle of a highway. <laughs> like <laughs> in a safe and structured environment to be able to kind of say, so I have four daughters and we're and they're from 10, one's about to be 11 all the way down to six and regularly in our house. And I've brought this statistic up on here. I, I heard it, a, a family psychologist say this, that if in those ages of six to 12 siblings will argue once every 90 seconds. And when you have four, uh, that, that may be a, a, a small window. Uh, <laughs> we go even more. And so they're, they're always arguing. And normally what my wife and I do, cause we don't like, we just don't like to hear the arguing. There was a part of us that would just step in and go, ah, stop that. Mm -mm -mm -mm. But lately we've been saying, hey, let's just let it play out and let's let them scream at each other a little bit. And let's let one of them cry and go pout in the corner. And let's let one of them, you know, say a mean thing. And then we can step in afterwards and go, hey, how did that go? How do you think that went? Are you happy with the thing you just said to your sibling? Because and we don't see it this way, but this is a like this movie situation. The reason you're upset is because something didn't go the way you wanted it to go. You wanted me to do something that I didn't do. You wanted them to behave in a way they didn't behave. And you're now losing it or becoming anxious yeah. or becoming sad. And all of those, I have to allow you to do that. You're going to say something, Donnie? No, I was just, I mean, I was like, I just kind of like re reiterate what you're saying. I mean, I think that's exactly how it is. Like as parents, we try so hard to give them that and to protect them and to, you know, like when you're you're telling me like, I want to make sure you don't feel the things that you shouldn't feel right now or we think they shouldn't feel or understand right now. And the truth of it is that we're preventing them from actually learning from the experiences that they have. Yeah. So. Yeah. Especially if we like short circuit what. Right. Could have been, you know, be beneficial. Um the thing I kind of wanted to point to is like the dad who's like obviously not very involved. They live across the country from each other. Um, right. and he, he drives, you know, With he overcomes the some of his personal, yeah. He drives in the air fryer. Apprehensions. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, um, and uh, I'll, I'll be honest when he, I saw that, I was like, Hmm. Okay. I'm like, let me look into that. Yeah. <laughs> Alternative fuels. <laughs> but but no, I think like the thing that I saw, like all these kids do, and then this is like um the most uh, significant way I saw it in the end was like they just kind of um accepted what was going on and where they were and they made the most of it. And that is what the dad did in the end. And like, while he's not very involved, you know, in their daily lives, him driving from Pennsylvania to wherever they were stranded, that's like a really, really, you know, significant thing for a kid. And I saw it like the son acknowledged it at the end. And, and so I think like one thing I try to always remind my kids of is like, don't, um, 
don't assume negative either, you know, like don't assume that nobody cares whether you're there or nobody cares if you're upset, you know? And I think that was like the, the, um, kind of the, the most significant part for me is that the kids just kind of went with it. They were like, well, we're here, so we're going to do this thing. And then, you know, dad did the same thing. Well, my kids are stuck. This is the only way to get to them. I'm not going to leave them alone on Christmas. And so he drives the <laughs> Hummer, you know, to to the airport to pick them up. And I was just like, yeah, like, that's what, you know, that's how, yeah. that's how we should experience life. Like, all right, hard stuff happens. It's just going to happen. It's guaranteed, you know, and I also just a note, I'm glad that the parents did not get back together. Cause I, <laughs> it's so cringy to me when like right. one good thing happens between the parents and then they're like, Oh yeah, everything's fixed now. And you know, <laughs> well, so, it's yeah. certainly, it certainly <laughs> it was more help. realistic. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, it certainly doesn't help kids <laughs> with the message of this movie to kind of think, um, that there are easy solutions to to real problems, um, right? Yeah, because there never are. Yeah, right. And I think I think in this situation, and so that's why I was going to kind of piggyback off of what Heidi said is, and we've talked about this on the podcast, so you'll hear us kind of repeat a lot of the same stuff because it takes us over and over again to really get it ingrained in us as parents. But there is an ideal. God has an ideal of how He wants families to go. God has an ideal of the way that He wants people to be. There is an ideal. Jesus is the ideal, right? You look at this is the way things could go. And what often ends up happening, and I think we see these responses in the two kids. There, There is the version of that ideal is unrealistic, right? I'm not going to be with my family on Christmas. That's the ideal. Since that's unrealistic, I should just completely ignore what God, you know, they don't say God, but I should ignore what should be and I'm just going to do whatever I want. So I'm going to go in and order 30,000 appetizers at the TGI Fridays. You know, it's I'm going to live up pleasure because because things can't be as good as they should be. I'm just going to overindulge. I'm going to go to and that's what everyone wants to do. The, then there's the other side, which is, OK, my real is here. My ideal is here. How can I meet in the middle? How can I move my reel closer to the ideal, even if I can't fully reach the ideal? So that's all very metaphorical. In this case, in this movie, you've got kids, and maybe this is your kids, and they're having to have two Christmases or maybe more because mom and dad aren't together, and maybe there's step-parents in the picture, maybe there's step-siblings in the picture. And everyone knows this isn't ideal. This is not God's ideal of how it would go. And there tends to be a way for some personalities to go, well, then let's just give up on the whole thing. Let's just call what is, well, that's the way it should be. But that isn't the, that isn't the right approach either. There is a way to step into that and to say, this is what is real. Let me be honest about what is. As Heidi kind of said, like, I'm accepting the reality of what is. Right? I'm not going to deny that this is real. But I'm also going to go, how do I honor God and his ideal in this situation. And so to be able to kind of say to your kids, like, look, I, 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 I want to have the tough conversation, which I think sometimes we don't want to have as parents, which is I'm aware of the fact that because your dad and I made some decisions, Christmas is harder for you. Christmas is harder for you. I think sometimes we don't want to have those conversations because we're afraid we're introducing thoughts. Well, maybe they're not even thinking that. Maybe they're not even feeling it. And maybe they aren't. I want to be clear. Maybe they aren't. 
but you know that it's very likely at some point they will. And you want to be able to start giving them language to deal with it. You're in a situation that's not your fault. You're in that unaccompanied minor's room. And this isn't the situation you want to be in. But for mom and dad to say, but this is real. Let's talk about what's real. You do have two Christmases and you do have a new stepmom or maybe a new stepdad or maybe some step siblings and y'all don't get along. Or maybe uh, we're not going to see grandma this year. Or maybe uh, a, a grandma or grandpa passed away. Or maybe something like this. And we don't want to have the tough conversations about what's real. But to be able to sit there and go, let's talk about what God would have us do in this less than ideal situation, right? What does it mean to honor my stepdad? What does it mean to honor these new relationships? What does it mean to honor uh, someone we've lost? What does it mean? You know, having those tough conversations and introducing it and telling them it's okay to feel whatever you feel. Feel whatever you feel, but let's do what God calls us to do. Holidays are tough for my family, as I've talked about on here before. Holidays are always tough because our, our family situation is not the ideal. We're living in a real situation that is not exactly the way that God intended for all of our lives to go. But in this situation, we have to talk about, hey, you're going to feel all kinds of things. And my wife and I regularly go, I don't know if they're feeling that. And am I, am I putting those thoughts in their head? But it's important that you be able to help talk about that with your kids, help them to practice dealing with these complicated emotions. Does anyone else have anything on this idea of it's messy, life is messy, and how do we talk to our kids about life being, and not necessarily Christmas, but it could be anything, just about life being messy. Anyone else have ideas on this? I think like just in a simple, basic like way to communicate with kids, like when you're not with me and maybe I'm like the more state, like the more consistent or like day to day person in your life. Like, well, like I know that, you know, little kids, especially and, sure. you know, kind of earlier on, like, you know, Jesus is inside of you and he goes anywhere you go. So wherever mm -hmm. you are, just know that you are not by yourself, even when you're away from me, like that's something that I try to remind my kids of just in, you know, small situations when they go, you know, places or whatever, and they're not used to it because they're little. But I remember that being something that like was important between, you know, my son and I, when that was our dynamic where he was going and, and spending time with a different parent that he didn't see very regularly, you know? So yeah, I think that helps too. I, that's really good. I just want to really hit on that. That's a really good way of not only dealing. That's a good way of dealing with the real and the ideal. Because my my ideal for my kid is that they be they they so love Jesus and they're so connected to him that whether I'm around or not, they are completely safe and secure in him. And so to be able to kind of say, hey, this situation is not ideal, but Jesus is with you always and he can bring healing and wholeness to broken situations all the time. And, and so- Yeah, because- as parents, like all we should really be is like placeholders for Jesus in their lives. You know, like we, yeah. they're going to have this natural inclination to like <clears throat> see us as, well, first of all, authority, you know, a parent, all those things that represent God in our lives. But like, really we're, that's, that should be our focus and our like, you know, goal. And so and just pointing them to Jesus, attaching them. Yeah. Attaching them to us isn't necessarily going to long-term benefit them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a level of, I need them to feel safe and secure and, and know that my love for them is unchanging so that, like you said, in the long term, 
the love they know that is most unchanging is Jesus. That my right. love is representative. Yeah. Right, of right, right. Yeah, yeah. I want to do my best to represent this, but really this is the source of this. So yes. yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was young, both of my parents, but my mom in particular, regularly saying, you know how much I love you, right? And I would say, yes, yes. And she goes, do you know that I can only love you this much compared to Jesus? That Jesus' love is, so how, however much love you feel for me, it's a drop in the ocean of Jesus' love for you. And that was so powerful to me to understand, like, because as a kid, you understand, my mom loves me no matter what. Like, my mom loves me. It's unconditional. I'm always going to be fine. But for me to, like, not even be able to grasp the concept that Jesus' love would be even greater than that. So powerful. And I think that gets us kind of to one last point I want to make on this movie that I think is helpful is at the end of the movie when they talk about how there's a scene where the kids talk about um, they weren't able to be with their families, but they kind of made a new family in this situation. And I think for us to be able to talk to our kids over and over again um, as parents to not only point them to Jesus, but to point them to the church. Um, that if you love Jesus, you love his church, that the church is the family of God. And the benefit is as families, you know, if we're following Jesus, I say this to my kids all the time, one day you're going to choose to follow Jesus. And daddy will always be your earthly daddy. I will always be your dad. But there's a way in which we actually become brother and sister. Like there's a way in which that even as dad, we we be a part of a new family that's bigger than our family. And it's made up of all different kinds of people and people you may not even get along with or think the same as. They may be like, what's that kid's name? Beef or whatever. They may be that kid with the Aquaman doll. Like my kids love that character, but like that's a lot of it. People may seem weird to you. They may be strange. They're going to have different skin tones than you. They're going to be from different parts of the world than you. They're going to have different ideas than you have, but you're all family. And here in a real broken world, we can have this picture of the ideal family of heaven. The idea when we're together as a church. And so being able to say that, I've said this again and again to my kids, we were talking about uh, my daughter about two or three weeks ago, I think, was um, sick. And my wife and I had to take turns coming to church to come take care of them. And my kids were talking about how um, it felt weird not being at church. And I said, it does feel weird because we actually had a Thanksgiving that we had to miss because one of my kids was sick. I said, doesn't it feel like that Thanksgiving that we missed out on because that because you're not with your family? And I said to him again, we do not go to church to learn about God. I think as parents, the more we can say that to our kids, you know, often we say like, hey, we go to church to learn about God. We do not go to church to learn about God. We go to church to love God by loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. Church is the place where we practice being with the family of God. And it's so important to get that. And yes, there will be things you learn about God there. And yes, you'll sing songs to God. But the point is that we gather together to love God by loving one another. And being able to say that to our kids again and again, and I think the more that we can have those conversations is so good. And so, like in, in my family, we have a Thanksgiving on Thursday, but then on Friday night, we're going to have a Friendsgiving with some, with some people from this church group that we're a part of that meet at our house every Friday night. And my kids are beginning to understand, like, oh, that's family too. Like, that's family too. Those people from our church who come and eat dinner with us, those are that's family too. That's really important. And the more that they can see in you that you're involved in a small group or you're on a serving team or church is family to you, 
it, it means way more to your kids than anything you can teach them. So I want to wrap up there. Uh, we're right at the end of our time. And uh, I appreciate you guys being a, a part of this episode, listening. And we look forward to talking to you next week about how to help your kids love Jesus and his way of life even more. We'll see you then.